Today's pod is brought to you by Waterfront Comics, located at 609 Main Street, Sassoon City, California. Open every day from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. So if you're looking for a gift for an avid comic book reader or a collectible for a friend, come to Waterfront Comics. John is the guy to see. And if you can't come in person, no worries. Waterfront Comics does ship to home via their email, waterfrontcomics at gmail.com. Hey everybody, this is James and Marco and Nabil. And this is the Movie Pals Podcast, podcast number 75. Today we're going to be going over what we've been watching. We have a topic of the week brought to you by Marco. And then we're going to be reviewing the new Judd Apatow comedy, The King of Staten Island. So uh, without further ado, let's get into what we've been watching. I know, well, like, it's just, been a while. Just, just say the thing. Just say it. Just say it's a James Bond thing. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Go ahead, Margo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we're actually doing part five of our James Bond marathon. So <laughs> we will be going over uh, Casino Royale, not not the... Uh... <laughs> we're doing the 1967 <laughs> Peter Sellers version. I hope you guys are ready. It's a spoof, but, you know, it's still canon. Yeah, we're yeah. only doing James Bond films going forward, and that's all we've been watching. And then when we run out of films, we are going to do awesome power films. Absolutely. Yep. And then after that, so Johnny that. English films. Mm-hmm. And yes. then after that, Melissa McCarthy's spy film. Yeah. Then we're going to then... redo all the Mission Impossible <laughs> films from start to finish. We'll do one film at a time this time, though. Yeah, we no were lying when we said no. we're going to do yeah. this all year. And Ethan Jason Hunt, Bourne. you know. Oh, then Jason Bourne, and anything that makes us even feel remotely close to what those shows could be about. So, yeah. absolutely. Just kidding. Just and kidding. we uh, we haven't done what we're watching in a while. It like feels kind of weird that we're actually doing it now. Ten weeks? Yeah, two and a half months probably? Just about. Yeah, yeah, ten weeks. So, with that being said, <laughs> let's start with our good friend of Bill. What have you been watching, sir? Well, you know, there's not a lot to watch anymore since we're stuck at home, so... It's okay, really so time. James, what I was like, cool. have I was you been up watching? A timer and I said, I guess I can just stop it now. <laughs> um, no, what, what have you been watching them? No, so I watched. Uh, I I gave the uh, rebranded, reimagined HBO Max a try, um, and watched a film that's originally on HBO. So you know, really venturing off of my my horizons here on streaming. Okay, you saw something you could have seen six months ago. Okay, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I watched uh, the 2019 film Stuber. Uh, it was directed by Michael Daos and stars Dave Bautista and Kumail Nanjiani. Essentially, Kumail Nanjiani plays a mild manner Uber driver named Stu. Hence the name Stuber. Get it, Stu? Uber, Stuber. It's funny. Uh, I get it. You made it funny. Mm-hmm. Picks up a grizzled detective who is hot on the trail of a sadistic, bloodthirsty terrorist and finds himself thrust into a harrowing ordeal where he has to keep his wits himself unharmed, and work with his passenger while maintaining his high-class rating. That's all from uh, IMDb. Made yeah, I was going to be like, would that blow your mind yeah. if you knew that uh, Bill actually wrote that himself? <laughs> and uh, that's like, as I'm interesting trying. as that film gets. It's funny. I, 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 Bautista and Kamal and Johnny, they actually do have really good chemistry together. But, like, the plot is pretty run-of-the-mill. Just like a lot of other kind of buddy cop or the grizzled the police officer who has a heart of gold, he just needs somebody to show him or it's the bumbling, right? You know? Yeah, like it's it. You know what's going to happen. There are some fun action scenes, especially in the car when they're driving around and ch- getting chased, and 
there's a couple of uh, cool like flips. There's a scene where he runs into somebody and uses the car for she- for a cover, and it ends up damaging the car quite a bit. And he get Kamal gets pretty upset. So there there's some interesting action scenes, but and I think that's really what I thought, I thought you had seen it before, Nabil. No, I've I've been wanting to. It's been on the list yeah. for a while, but you know. I heard the I've action scenes were the highlights of, of yeah. the movie. I mean, like I told you before we started the pod, I've seen it twice now, man. And it's definitely in that second run through because I watched it with my parents too. Because I was like, oh, it's not bad. Yeah. Uh, you could, uh, the pacing's a little off in that movie too. Yep. Like there's a stretch for like 20 minutes. I'm like, damn, this could have all been cut. And then they're and like the B story with, with Kamal and Johnny. And it's annoying after a while, movie. actually. Yeah. Tell you the truth. Like, why are we going? I didn't like, yeah, it's like, okay, we, like, dude, the first time, it's funny. The third time they're talking about it, I'm like, oh, my God, we get it, dude. Yeah. Like, and then did you have fun with it, at uh, least? Yeah, I mean, like I said, the action was fun. I, that's the only thing that kept my attention, because the rest of the film, I just was like, mm, like, they introduced Bautista's daughter, like, three-thirds, or uh, three-fourths into the movie. And no, they all, don't. Yeah, I, I mean, like. She's in the beginning. She's at the very beginning, and then you really don't see her until the end, and like when she just is not an important character. Yeah, and then suddenly she's just like important. I'm like, okay, well, she's so she could have been cut out of the movie. I mean, she serves a purpose near the end, but they play on a gimmick pretty much the whole time that Bautista can't see because he's getting laser eye surgery. That that is also a pretty funny gimmick, though. That is funny and it works, and but at the beginning. At the beginning, by the time it's near the end, like, can this just be over already? You kind of forget, though, because, like, halfway through, you don't, you know, it's not, not a thing. Because he's doing suddenly, okay, that's yeah. why. You're like, oh, he's, suddenly he can't do it anymore. Then out of nowhere, he's squinting in, and, oh, they forgot about the joke. <laughs> they have to go back to it, I guess. But, yeah, I, I, I agree with you, Nibble, so. Mm-hmm. But it's I mean, okay. It's max. Yeah, but also, ultraviolet, super violent. Oh, yeah, this, this is another one of those <laughs> where it really didn't need to be an R comedy, but it was because of the violence. Oh, like, plus they wanted uh, Kamal to say the f word like every three lines because he's yeah. freak- they might think he's quote funny unquote freaking out, man. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, uh, just just as own, he's apparently the son of the owner of the store he worked in. Never click that never clicked for me till the very end where he essentially talks about it. I'm like, huh? Is he? Uh, yeah, that's that's his father's uh, sporting goods store. No, dude, no, Nabil, the white dude that picks on him that's his dad's store oh see completely see? missed that i, I, I only know because i've seen it twice the guy the the guy that he he runs into when they go back to the warehouse or whatever to get guns or whatever the sporting goods store that's his dad's place that's why he's a manager i see now ah. you see that, that's a th- plot thread that didn't even click for me either so yeah, yeah stay for the action and that's pretty much <laughs> yeah <it. laughs> you guys like bautista right it's yeah. cool um, the other film I saw was also a Kamal Nanjiani film that came out just this year, The Lovebirds, that's on Netflix. Um, this is directed by Michael Showalter, who actually also directed The Big Sick. Um, also stars Issa Rae, and they play as a, a couple that's experiencing uh, a difficult time in their relationship where they suddenly get embroiled into a murder mystery. <laughs> they, they You kind of see them start the relationship, and then they're kind of at the apex of it where things are starting to end, and this murder mystery kind of forces them to still work with each other and kind of at one point clear their names if they can. Yeah, because aren't they like framed for it to a point or people accuse it's, them? It's assuming circumstances and they kind of keep compiling the circumstances to make them look more suspicious. Um, even though if they maybe had just gone to the cops to begin with, it would have been fine. So they do keep. Probably not. They, they kind of go down the road of trying to solve. <laughs> trying to solve solves a murder and yeah uh i understand it completely Marco. it may, may not be realistic because it is a film but you know in this context they maybe if they came clean it would have been fine 
I mean, it all happens during one night. Um, the writing is really funny. Their their banter together, hilarious. Um, it's it's an interesting enough plot to kind of see where like it's a murder mystery trying to solve it up, and it gets a bit like uh, slapstick. So they they work through it and try to resolve some of the issues that they they have by also you know come on and Johnny's being a bit more physical in his comedy, and Issa Rae does really well as uh, as well, just like holding her own in in the slapstick comedy because I know she's done. She does that HBO show, and you know it's she's good as far as comedy is concerned. But in, in this case, she also holds herself up like physically with with the physical humor. So, um, and it's also kind of a sweet tale. You know, it starts off very romantic, very sweet, and then it gets funny because the, you can see the relationship is is not what it started out to be. And then um, they have their ups and downs as they kind of re- rekindle their their relationship throughout the film. And I think it's actually uh, a very good rom-com. You've got a little bit of, of both, you know, the action, the mystery, the and and just kind of the the romance of it almost, you know. So if you're looking for something kind of funny, but that might hold your attention more than just a straight up, you know, romantic um, film, I'd, I'd say that this is really worth a watch. You said it's not that long, right? Like an hour and 25 yeah, minutes? Yeah, it's, it's like 90 minutes at most. Yeah. It's Kamal's the watch. same character he plays in every show, though. Kamal, yeah, I mean, he's kind of the same. That's the only thing. I, I like that guy personally, but I feel like he is almost typecast into these roles now. Yeah, I mean, he like, could Hey, let's get the guy that's going to be... Stuff. I mean, like, is he the same character from Stuber, practically? Yeah, not, I, I'd say... Pretty much, right? Seeing, you know, seeing him so close to each other, yeah. Um, and I, I honestly, like, as, as great as Kamal is in this film... Issa Rae is who actually surprised me more because I, I, I hadn't seen a lot that she'd done. Um, but watching her in this, I'm, I'm more interested in seeing her uh, shows, uh, especially the one that's on um, HBO called Insecure. Yeah. She's, she's just really, really good in this and very likable. And again, they have really good chemistry together, I think. So that, that does obviously help. It, it's on Netflix again. If you guys want to give it a, a watch, it's quite interesting. Yeah, I'll probably definitely check it out. Mm-hmm. And then my last show I've been watching um, is also on Netflix. And it's called Somebody Feed Phil. It's a. Uh, Should have skipped this. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a, a docu reality show. Uh, it's a food show. Um, Hold on, James. Uh, James is knocked out. Hold on. He's he's up. Hold up, James. Wake up, please. Where am I? <laughs> I think he's dead. Is the bill still going? Sorry. It stars uh, Phil Rosenthal. He actually is a writer and producer of uh, or was of Everybody Loves Raymond. He did the Simpsons movie and Coach. He's a, a middle-aged Jewish man um, who is, travels around the world trying out different foods and, and meeting you know different people. Um, oh, I've seen this. I yeah, know what you're talking it, about. I know what you're talking about. The reason I bring it up, and, and you know it'll be brief, is that, first of all, I'd never heard of it. I thought I had, but apparently not. Um, and also, and it's been on Netflix for like three seasons. I was there in the third. Yeah. But second of all, Phil Rosenthal is hilarious. He's, he is not a food critic. He's just some producer who and writer who likes food and somehow put a show together. But everything I see him doing, entertaining. He's all the places you go, you can see the pure joy in his face of like just loving food and eating it. And he's got his old little, you know, older man jokes that he kind of throws off of his quips, which kind of you can tell he's a bit he's quite witty, especially since he's written a lot of comedies. But yeah. He's I don't know. It's like if you're looking for a food show and you see a lot where they're always just like focusing on the artistry of the food. And, and you know, it's, it's obviously visually great to see that and appealing. This guy, you know, the things that he does in his shows, the places he goes and the way he approaches it, 
is I think much more unique than some of the other shows that I've watched. And I watch a lot of these kind of food reality shows where you are feeling like you're enjoying the food with him. Like you want to actually be there with him. He's not a master chef. He's just there for the love of food and the company he has with him that he goes around the world to see uh, makes you feel like this is uh, uh, an environment you want to be in, a place that you want to visit and, and actually go see. And it's I don't know. It, it, there's something about it that kind of brings a smile on your face as you see each bite that he takes and enjoys. And I uh, highly recommend watching this. Just a, a filler from a lot of the other stuff that's in the world that you can kind of see the beauty in the world and how people get connected with food. Watching, well, Just watching the show and watching him connect like that um, has been a really, I think, a bit therapeutic, I think, during these times. So, uh, Yeah, I was going to uh, say, especially but, since like we can't travel right now, it's right. kind of nice to live vicariously through other people at the moment. Yeah. So highly recommend it. Uh, they give it a watch. Nice. Good shit. Nice uh, nice little mix there, Nabil. Awesome. So now we're moving on to uh, James. What have you been uh, what have you been watching, sir? So I've uh, I've watched quite a few films, but I'm gonna just talk about two of them today here. I wrote down some notes here that I wanted to talk about, but um, I can't find them, so I'm just gonna go off <laughs> other stuff, so whatever. Uh, first off uh, one of the films I watched was a film that's been on my list for quite some time. It's uh, 2014's Rosewater, directed by uh, John Stewart, who, uh, you know, as you guys probably know, was the previous host of The Daily Show. And um, I don't know if you guys have heard of this movie, but this is a t- uh, 2014 film based on the 2009 events where uh, a journalist called, uh, his name was Mazia Bahari, who in this movie is played by Gail Garcia Bernal. Basically, in 2009, he was actually featured on a segment of The Daily Show where he was actually talking to one of the... It was like during a skit when uh, there was uh, the elections were going on in Iran, and basically he was kind of playing around, like kind of going with the story. You know how they usually do those skits where... I don't know if they do it anymore. I haven't watched The Daily Show in like probably 10 years, but... Basically, they do like a skit where one of the guys is kind of saying some over-the-top shit, and the guys are just kind of usually confused, like, what? Like, this has nothing to do with <laughs> yeah. stuff, you know? Yeah, I don't know if they still do that. They, they, they still do that, yeah. They, they do? do? Okay. Yeah. So, if that's they're still doing it. He was doing a, a segment with Jason Jones where basically they were talking like, hey, you're a spy, right? And blah, blah, blah. And he was just playing around, and he's just, you know, it's all it's all comedy because he understands. He, he, he lives in London and stuff like that. He was just there covering the elections. But basically, the Iranian government kind of catches hold of like this clip basically and they bring him in and they imprison him so basically the movie goes over the 117 days that he's in interrogating getting interrogated getting beat like pretty bad holy shit and um that's really it so that's i mean great story don't get me wrong not a great execution of a movie it's it was his first uh film he directed too yeah he only has uh, he has another one coming out too finally i think it just came out but yes i didn't know Uh, it's coming out later the next one is a political uh comedy it's coming out in two weeks Mm -hmm. with uh steve carell uh yeah john stewart did it i don't know if he just felt bad maybe but i was like i wonder why he chose this I remember that because he actually yeah, left sorry. the Daily Show to record when I was yeah watching yeah to, to film this yeah John Oliver took over from John Oliver and then he actually had even other guests during the time or his normal crew like right. try to Take fill in and try to see if maybe but yeah um don't get me wrong like I said it was a great story but it's as a as a film I don't think it works too well it's really slow paced they go into stuff where the main character is like kind of talking to his dead dad in a way at one point too it's really weird 
like his Bahari's dad was a communist and he was in prison back in the fifties and his sister was a communist too. And they both were killed because of that. So oh, it's gosh. like, like he's seeing like them as ghost images now near the end, but at no point does the style of this movie ever suggest that this would be something that would ever happen. You can definitely tell John Stewart first time director during this one. It's very apparent. There's, there's, I mean, I'm not trying to shit on the guy. There's no good cinematic shots. There's no really? like cinematography is like zero. Like bro, we could have shot some bland. Shit. Oh yeah, it it Would looks not like not have the Marco approval. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not. It's um, the next one we can talk about has some outright beautiful shots, but this one is very focused on just kind of. I don't know. It's it, it's slow paced too, man. It's it's hour and forty something minutes, and I think they. The last hour is all him in prison, and it's just a lot of interrogation, and it's just like, okay, I, I get it. Like, But where are we going with this, right? And it just kind of shows his perseverance getting through it all, but I don't know. It just didn't work for me. So, so was, you're kind of just watching a film about the the man's struggle while he was being tortured. Kind of. That's about it. And I think yeah. they were trying to be deeper about it, but the writing's not that good either. No offense, once again. And I'm probably you think like, maybe Stewart probably kept it like too real and didn't try to... You know how Hollywood tries to... like. No, dramatize certain things. Yeah. Well, no. If you did that, he wouldn't be showing ghosts and shit at one point. But I mean, <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, um, true. I don't know, man. That's a that's a hard question to answer, Marco. I think it's more like maybe he, they should have been something more about how journalists. I mean, near the end, they have like even like a little like oh, there's hundreds of journalists all the time in Iran that get imprisoned or bloggers because of speaking out against the government. You know, obviously, it's not yeah. so free out there, and I think they should have focused more on that and kind of played off more of that kind of a focus. Cause I don't feel like it's strong enough in the film is what I'm getting at. So it's like, uh, yeah. you know, so Makes not sense. a movie I'd recommend, but I mean, maybe if you're really, maybe if his next movie is like an outstanding movie too, you might want to go back and see where it's all started from. But um, the story is interesting. Cause I didn't know that. Yeah, no that interesting story. No, exactly. Uh, and it was because of his show in a way kind of, in a way, kind of got him in trouble, right? If you think about it, yeah. yeah. I mean, ultimately, the reason why he wanted to do that—that's what I was thinking, right? I was like, did he do it? Because he's like, sorry about that. So, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, the second film I want to talk about, guys, out of the many films that I watched, I watched. I finally got around to watching the 2016 uh, crime drama *Live by Night*, uh, which was, was directed, written, Ooh. produced, and stars Ben Affleck. So it's um, this is why he never wanted to do Batman. <laughs> well, the, I mean, I got burned out, guys. Jeez. It wasn't just because this; also, a bunch of stuff happened because of this thing. But basically, it is the story of a World War One veteran called. His name is Joe Coughlin. He is um, returning from the war, and he's basically becomes a criminal, and he's just kind of bootlegging alcohol and such like that. It takes place in uh, 1926. That's why it takes place from 1926 all the way into the early 30s, too. And basically, Ben Affleck is Joe, and it's his story of kind of getting betrayed by the Irish mob in Boston and then eventually going to prison, coming out, and then going down to Florida and running and smuggling alcohol down there, but also trying to open up like a casino. And then he runs into issues. But when did you get to Gotham City? Yeah. (laughs) He gets into issues with the Ku Klux Klan down there uh, because he's working with uh, Cubans and African Americans. And obviously that's a, you know, it gets a little rough, but they don't understand how Joe has become. He's technically like a nice guy in the beginning. He's not. He doesn't want to get into the crime kind of life overall, but he's betrayed so many times. Long story short, I actually like this movie. I actually thought it. I think it's worth a watch. 
Uh, the original cut, I was, t- I think I was talking to Bill about it. it. Was supposed to be is there? There's about an hour cut out of this movie, so and you can tell. There's a lot of character development that I felt like they should have probably focused on a little bit more, but it's lacking in kind of caring for why you need to care about the main character. But I think Affleck is likable enough though that you really do kind of feel for his character. It's just unfortunate that I guess during this time, this movie was very stressful and Ben Affleck, and this is he relapsed into alcoholism during the filming of this uh, film, and you can kind of tell sometimes. Really? Yeah, some of the Damn. scenes you're like, he is not there. Like, like he's not acting in this guy. This is yeah, true. he's just like lines. He's like, okay, and I'm like, man, I wonder if he just smelled like it too. And I was like, Ben's probably. Drunk yeah, I I heard the story just got destroyed. Like, it well, is. I mean, it's pretty by quick, reviews man. because it's yeah. It like it's based on a book, like, by the way. It's based on a best-selling yeah. book, and the book's supposed to have like even gone over his time in prison. And the prison scene is literally like he goes in, and three years later, like, oh, I guess we're not going to focus on that. And I do like. I will say though, he has a touch for directing still, even though it's a lot of the the film itself is like, oh man, what's going on here? But the cinematography, man, is beautiful in this movie. There's there's a scene where they're in a boat and they're going down in uh, like the Florida glades and shit like that. And it's one of the best looking scenes I've ever seen on like film. I was like, Oh my God, like it looks so good, but I don't know. It's a mobster film. He was trying to go from like a kind of noir kind of feel for it. Yeah. Doesn't quite get it. So that's why I can kind of do, but I think now that we're four years after the fact that it's been out, I think I can appreciate it a lot more too. Cause there's no more negative, you know, negative is not surrounding it as much. Cause you know, it's been out for a while and, Ben Affleck seems like he's kind of on the up and up of cleaning himself up, and, and he's probably going back. in with like a low bar too. Yeah, definitely. It has been a movie that I've had for a long time. Just been just sitting there, and I finally got to it, and I'm I'm happy. And I I think I'd recommend it at least a rental, or uh, if you can get it cheap, check it out. I think his previous films have shown that he's a excellent director, and I look I'm looking forward to his his next one, whatever he's working on. So nice. Uh, what about you, Good Marco? Stuff, man. Uh, I haven't been I haven't been watching a thing, so we can just go ahead and move along. So yeah, let's get on to our topic. I'm just kidding. Now, <laughs> I've <laughs> I also saw <laughs> I also saw a couple of movies that I've been meaning to scratch off my list. Um, they're both on streaming on Netflix right now. So the first one is the 2013 sci-fi drama Her. And this one is directed by Spike Jones, who's also done Being John Malkovich and Where the Wild Things At. Just kidding, Where the Wild Things Are. Uh, it stars That's the Joaquin version Phoenix. I've seen, though. <laughs> <laughs> it stars Joaquin Phoenix as Theodore or Theo, Scarlett Johansson as Samantha, and Amy Adams as Amy. She plays herself. Just kidding. No, her character is just named Amy. And First basically, the movie's. Yeah. The movie is about uh, a guy named Theo, played by Phoenix, uh, who's recently been or is recently getting divorced, and he's kind of been uh, a little on the downside and hasn't really been trying to move on. Uh, he's sort of just been hung over like this, you know, this marriage that you know he's had. Obviously, it's like a huge life event. And yeah. he da- ends up getting a new operating system called OS One, and basically, it's the first. The movie takes place in the near future or the far off future, I guess, one of those two. And 
this operating system turns out to be the first artificial intelligence and it's supposed to basically really uh cue itself to you and your personality and your traits and whatnot and so ted or i mean theo he does that and ends up uh meeting the ai samantha that's voiced by scarlett johansson she starts off by just doing his daily routines keeping his schedule like nice and fresh and everything taking care of his emails etc like all the daily bullshit and they eventually uh begin a relationship a romantic relationship and start to fall in love creepy and that's just the movie <laughs> to the machine so yeah, to, to and Siri, <laughs> <laughs> right? It's basically like a futuristic version of Siri and whatnot. Uh, so, I mean, like the whole movie just plays on the themes of artificial intelligence and like what will transcend from there. And it's it's a pretty weird but interesting love story because that's what it is. Basically, this guy and his you know OS are you know romantically involved. It's kind of like weird and unsettling at first because it's just like something that's, you know, never, you know, it's never been done in a movie before. And obviously not something that's like part of the norm in our lives right now. But uh, eventually, like, the, the story does a good job at dealing with like the whole aspects of, you know, relationships and what makes a relationship and stuff because they never, obviously, they can't have any like physical contact at all. It's all basically like verbal and yeah. like. There's you like know, VR all... though. They could have just like you know haptic feedback. It would have been fine. I, been I know, right? Movie. Well, I mean, <laughs> there is a, they, they, there is a scene. I'm not going to spoil it. Where they're, you know, if if you haven't seen the movie, there's there's a scene where they kind of do something like that. Nabil, I'm not going to tell you. Oh, what you it is, it? I thought kind of, you saw it, Nabil. No, I've not seen this one. It's kind of yeah. It's kind of interesting, like what they do, but it 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 just teeters on that line of like where like relationships will be in the future and stuff like that. And it's not like Theo is like a loner or anything like that. And he he has the ability to to be social and stuff and stuff like that. He's just in a rut, you know. If you've ever been like through a harsh breakup or you know been you know engaged and broken up or been married and broken up and divorced, like so it's sort of just like he's not really rebounding he's just sort of like trying to you know find love again because he doesn't really think that he'll be able to find that again and eventually he finds it you know in, in all the wrong places but i mean it's it, the, the movie just kind of shows that you know it's not all about like the physical aspect of it because you know he's an attractive guy he's not like ugly and then he goes on a date with you know an attractive woman and he has a sort of like a semi-crush on an ex and then like, his wife is an attractive person and stuff like that. But here, out of all places, he finds, like, a, like an intellectual connection with, you know, with some someone. And, you know, it not being human, too. But I think it's also, like, a pretty cool, like, way of describing, like, modern romance and stuff like that. Because Samantha could, in a way, be, like, modern dating apps and stuff like that. Because what's the difference between that and, you know talking to someone on an app and never meeting in person and stuff like that and sort of establishing a quote unquote relationship like that and then ghosting each other and never meeting again, you know, never actually sitting up and meet, which by the way, coming from someone who's used dating apps does happen. You find someone, you connect and you talk for a while. And then next thing you know, you ghost each other. I've talked to James about this many times. Um, I have no idea what you're talking about, sir. Many car rides, he's heard these stories. But anyway, I like the chemistry between Joaquin Phoenix and Scarlett Johansson in the movie. I thought it worked, even though, like, 
like I said, you know, they really have no physical in- interactions. It's all just intellectual and conversations. And it's cool because Love Story is believable. And yeah, I, I guess if you're into these sort of movies and if you like Spike Jones movies, then this movie is probably for you. Like I said, it's not like a normal love story, but still, I think it has its charm. Uh, I recommend it. I liked it. I enjoyed it. The next movie I saw is uh, 2014's Ex Machina. It's a sci-fi movie directed by Alex Garland, who did Annihilation and also wrote 28 Days Later. Uh, it stars Alicia Vikander as Ava, Domhnall Gleeson as Caleb, and Oscar Isaac as Nathan. Basically, the movie is about a guy named Caleb who wins a, a lottery to go spend like a week with his boss, who's a big tech guru who makes stuff like Facebook, I guess, and Google. I guess he's supposed to be an amalgam of those two tech giants. And eventually he comes to find out that he's there to test an AI by the name of Ava, who's a, like an android. And he's supposed to give her like a weird Turing test to see if she has consciousness or not. Um, all throughout the movie, though, like his boss kind of like is playing mind games with Caleb and not really like giving him all the information. So Caleb doesn't know if Ava's been programmed to like say what she's supposed to say to Caleb or be flirty or um, if it's just like some sort of weird mind experiment that Nathan's doing. If you have a chance and you subscribe to Netflix, definitely check it out. Um, the acting, the performances are all great. Uh, Vikander does a great job at displaying that she's an artificial intelligence with some consciousness. And Dom Hall Gleason and Oscar Isaac have some great, like, tense moments. And you can't really tell, like I said, if Nathan's fucking with him or not, or just being, like, flat out honest because he's kind of a dick. But, um, yeah, really good, solid sci-fi movie highly recommend it yeah no that's a great movie i remember when i first saw it i was like this is pretty this is pretty wild especially the effects on that one man so I mean, yeah they, do, uh, um, they, they did really well at uh like her whole like frame and stuff because she's right. like she still has android parts and stuff like that and a human face and human hands and it's kind of weird how they did that yeah what was that Nibel? i was saying this is where we kind of learned who alicia vikander was and really got to see oscar isaac in a more, you know, a different role than he did in, uh, I think, he did Inside Llewyn Davis right before that, right? Or at least that was his one big film. Um, yeah, or right after, I think he did. Right after, or no, before that. He did it before that. Because yeah. I was still in college when that happened, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're so used to seeing these guys in, like, Star Wars there. and shit. Right. Yeah. They were going to be perpetuated into... I think uh, this is right before Star Wars, basically. Yeah. Right? All right, guys. Let's get into our topic of the week. <laughs> It's the topic of the week. Alright, so I'm going to hand it off to Marco here, guys. So this topic of the week here, this is going to be uh, something that Marco actually came up with, and he's going to kind of explain what's up. So this topic is called, uh, Did This Age Well? And this basically stems from an old project that I used to do with some friends. It was actually in a, a podcast that we had in which we took old movies and we reviewed them and see if maybe they aged well over time or if they held up or didn't. Um, eventually the project was disbanded, but I kind of liked the idea still and still had it in the back of my mind and thought maybe it would make like a really good segment for this podcast and kind of see if we can take some old movies that come from our childhood or our past uh, doesn't necessarily have to be something that like moved us or something that you know defined our childhood, but just s- something that we really enjoyed as kids, either one, and that 
we just want to revisit because we haven't seen it in such a long time and see if it's something that still holds up and still gives us that feeling that that we had when we watched it for the first time. And so for this episode, we are going to be doing a review on the 1989 Disney movie, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. It was a quiet Saturday morning. Zelensky! Get it arrested! It's Saturday! Professor Wayne Zelinsky was hard at work on his new invention. This thing works. It'll put us right up there with the invention of electricity. That didn't quite work. Did you get the machine to work? A few more bucks to get out. Then something quite unexpected happened. Where are the kids? I haven't seen them since I left this morning. It shrunk the kids. Nick, what happened? It works. Diane, I got something real important to tell you. Are you trying to tell me the machine works? Do the kids know? Well, yeah, the kids know. That's great. It's not that great. Why? I shrunk the kids. And the Thompson kids, too. They're about this big. Threw them out with the trash. Ah! What? They're in the backyard. All right, so... The synopsis for this movie is the scientist father of a teenage girl and boy accidentally shrinks his and two other neighborhood teens to the size of insects. Now the teens must fight diminutive dangers as the father searches for them. This is directed by Joe Johnston, who also did The Rocketeer in 1991, Jumanji in 1995, and also Captain America, the first Avenger in 2011. So some really good hits right there. It also stars Rick Moranis as Wayne Zielinski, Matt Frewer as Big Russ Thompson, Marcia Strassman as Diane Zielinski, Kristen Sutherland as Mae Thompson, Thomas Wilson Brown as Little Russ Thompson, Jared Rushton as Ron Thompson, Amy O'Neill as Amy Zielinski, and Robert Oliveri as the mullet-haired fuck Nick Zielinski. <laughs> he really does have a terrible I can't stand the kid's though. fucking hair, man. It was a really bad haircut. I wonder who wrote those lie. notes. It's weird. I mean, is the last the last year of the 80s, you know, had to... Had that kid and also the um, the, the sister both only acted like one more time and then quit acting. Yeah, they didn't do a lot. Yeah. Maybe a month Straight afterward. up, they fell out of love with acting. Yeah. Probably because that fucking oh. haircut. <laughs> it ruined his <laughs> life. Yeah. So, just going to go briefly with like our history with this movie, like when we first saw it, you know, how it made us feel, you know, what have you. So, let's start with, uh, with you, James. Uh, what's your history with this movie? Um, I saw it as a kid a couple times. I remember the first one a lot. I always remember the ant sequence and the uh, the Lego thing and the milk in the end with the Cheerios. Yeah. Um, I hadn't seen it in quite a long time. I, I never saw it in theaters because this movie came oh, out. Hold what? on, James. Just full disclosure. We're gonna we're gonna spoil the shit out of this movie. By the oh, way. Oh yeah, so yeah. Every movie. If you about, haven't seen yeah. it, you can skip the segment. But yeah, it's it's a movie from '89, guys. Come on. Yeah, it was actually supposed to be released. I think in '88, right? And then they shelved it for six months or something like that. But yeah. I was literally like a newborn when this movie came out, so there's no way I saw this in theaters. You might have, you might have seen it, and you just don't remember. You were a baby. No, James. my parents don't did not. <laughs> no, they did not go to fucking bring a, a zero year old to a fucking. You could have been in the womb. I could no. I was born in '88. <laughs> I was I was around. Yeah, I, I I I think we rented it probably a couple of times. That's about it. That's really all on my end. What about you, Nibu? All right. <laughs> so, so I was like, eh, you know, what, what about I, you, to Bill? What's your history with this one? Um, I don't have much history of it, to be honest. I um, the, the and, you, I and you got on me about that, like, you asshole. It's funny. The fuck? It. It's not so sad. It's like, eh, you know, that's it. Yeah. Um, around, no, I yeah. I uh, I remember the scene specifically with the Cheerios and the milk, um, but. I can tell you that I didn't realize how quickly the film ended <laughs> right after that. I was like, Dude, oh, me neither. I was like, holy shit, it, huh? it ends in like 10 minutes after that? Yeah, so that was weird. But 
I, I yeah, never rented it. Obviously, I didn't see it in theaters either. I was quite young, but um, I did see it uh, on I probably on like HBO cable, something where it showed on Disney Channel. Probably it was replayed Triple back in the day. Same thing with me, Nabil. Probably we, yeah. You yeah know, they used to show it on the Disney Channel. Yeah, probably yeah. Disney Channel. Don't uh, and even like don't arrest uh, us, but like, we had a black box. So I mean, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, if anybody who's listening to this remembers <laughs> what that is, and if you don't know, it's basically Looking like up. watching a, a you know free internet, you know at home because yeah. it's cable. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. That's yeah. all. Yeah. So, it's not the dark web, but you know, yeah. mm-hmm. everybody had. But it, it did give me pay per view for free. If you it think that's illegal, sometimes. Then depends you on what channel it was. Sometimes yeah. scrambled. You tell me, but I, I get it. We used to yeah. have that. What about you, Marco? I, I saw. I actually did see this movie in theaters because I'm I'm old as fuck. So, I've heard. I re- <laughs> yeah. I remember the trailer and watching Whoa. like all like, uh, the the <laughs> scenes like the with the ant, the Lego, like the the part with the cereal. Don't eat me, Dad. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then did they uh, show the whole movie in the trailer. Ba- oh, dude, basically, did. dude, that's when it started, guys. Damn it, eighty nine. They, sh- I remember they showed how they got shrunk. That it was the baseball showing the ant, showing the Lego, showing the scorpion, um, showing the sprinkler. Yeah, they they damn near spoiled the whole movie. I mean, if you think trailers are bad now, yeah, I'm one to talk. I'm the one that always criticizes trailers, but yeah. I I tend to forget that they used to not give two shits back then. So that's, that's cool. Like, Come that's see cool. the yeah. movie. It's in theaters now. Fill so in actually, the blanks. Yeah. Okay. So mm-hmm. I, yeah. So I did see it with family, and then I remember that we bought it on video, and it had one of those. You know, you know the old VHS cases for Disney movies. The white that, like clam, white clam plastic. Yeah, yeah, the white clams. Yeah. I remember it had one of those, and we bought we never it. Owned we never owned this shit that's so out of weird. That movie. Yeah, weird. We never <clears> owned this one, man. Yeah, we did, and I used to like pretending that. I had shrunk with the kids. I used to play those games all the time with friends. Oh. Like, oh, we're, we're honey, I shrunk the kids. I always wonder what that would be That's like. That's the saddest thing I've heard all day. I didn't, I'm not saying nothing. I like you know, it, though. I like it, though. Let them live with that. Fuck, I like man. it, though. The play- Sometimes the playground's got boring, man. Had to <laughs> come up with your own games. We didn't you have the uh, Duplo Legos because we didn't have your game. Bo- we, we didn't, didn't have the, the Fortnite back yet. then. <laughs> we didn't have the Game yeah. Boys yet. You can only play Mario so many fucking times. Yeah. Uh, what about the the sequels? Have you guys seen any of the sequels? There was uh, Honey, I Blew Up the Kid in '92. Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves in '97, and then there was Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, the TV show from '97 to 2000, which I totally fucking forgot about. I I I, I, I kind of remember, and I was I like, remember oh, the what? TV show. Yeah. I don't. Uh, I don't remember. Let's start with you, Nabil. Did Did you ever watch any of the sequels or the, yeah, the TV actually, show? The Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. I've probably seen besides Honey We Shrunk Ourselves uh, or I Shrunk the Kids. Probably the second least, but I'd seen that a couple of times. I remember the big scene with the the baby walking downtown, <laughs> whatever it was. <laughs> that was always funny. Um, did you know that uh, was, Honey I Shrunk Ourselves? Did you know? By the way, times. sorry trivia. That sometimes that was a fully grown man. Was it really? Because it was too expensive to have the. But kid they just kind of angled the shot. Yeah, That's it was funny. a guy in a baby like thing. That's yeah, nice. Weird, fucking right? hilarious. I mean, kinda, hey, you know, kind of creepy. It's, oh, it's what you expect in a time they're being creative. So now, ninety-two. Yeah. Um, do you watch the TV show? I did. I actually watched it. I remember when it came out. You and saw I was the interested. TV show? Yeah. Was it on Disney Channel? Jesus. It was on Disney Channel or yeah. ABC or whatever. Or? No, it was on. I think it went on ABC for a little bit. I can't oh. remember. Don't quote me. Was, was it a cartoon? It was, no, no, it was live no, no, live action. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. And it was the whole was. thing about yeah, the gun. Yeah, yeah. It was a shrinking gun they used, and it was like, it, wait, were they fucking shrinking every episode? There was something that would happen <laughs> that would love you. There's a plot. every episode. Like, God, we did it again. <laughs> we should probably put a lock on that door. No. Oh, no. You know, something like that. But yeah, it was just their family because they're you know it's a weird family. Yeah, but keep yeah. fucking up. What about you, James? 
Uh, honey, I blew up the kid. I randomly had a book for that fucking novelization book. I remember as a kid. I don't <laughs> think I. Random. I don't think I've ever seen the full movie though. <laughs> Uh, Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves, though, was direct to video, I remember, yeah, and yeah. I actually remember renting that from Hollywood Video, because I think Nabil and I talked about it, that's where we learned about potassium, right? Was that you? <laughs> the banana. Yeah, the banana, that's the first time, because the kid is diabetic or some shit, I guess, <laughs> and, um, like, I think he's like, she's like, my brother's dying or something, and then he's like, he has to eat the banana, and then, uh, I had no idea there was a TV show, by the way. Mm. It came out shortly after the Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves thing, and... Um, did you guys, one thing I was going to ask, cause I wrote the notes on this one. Did you guys ever do the Disneyland experience? The honey, we shrunk no. the audience. No, oh. I remember seeing the commercials for yeah. it though. I remember seeing them. I think they, I think they advertised them on one of the movies. I think. Yeah. I probably, honey, we shrunk ourselves cause it's direct to home video. Yeah. One of them. I remember. I, I never got to experience it. I was just wondering if you guys had done it. I so. don't think I, I'm. I did go to Disneyland around that time, around 96, 97, so I might have, but I, I really don't oh, recall. Oh, it I was from, like, nine, yeah, they had it from 94 to 2000, so. Yeah, because I went to Disneyland for the first time around that time. I recall. Oh, I, I don't know. I went I, to Disneyland last year for the first time since 1989, so I definitely missed that. So he missed that. <clears throat> well, there's a big gap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What about, Marco, did you see in the sequels, or? Uh, I saw Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. I remember that. I also saw that one in theaters. And Damn. I remember the trailer for that, too. They spoiled a lot of that yeah. that movie. That, that I was a trailer. three or four. I think they, they spoiled the mom, like, getting big also in the trailer. Really? That's kind yeah. of, like, near the end, isn't it? Like, they, yeah, I specifically remember when she was like, she back baby off. Baby. And, yeah, she has to yeah, get the baby like, back. God damn, man, nothing is sacred. But, I mean, like, you were a kid. So, like, by the time you went to go to the theaters, you'd totally forgotten about that. And you're like, oh, shit, I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, honey, we shrunk ourselves. Uh, no. I remember seeing a trailer for that, and I was like, what the fuck did they do to this franchise? Obviously not like that, because I was young back then, but I was just like... He was cursing like that, good. too. He probably was. Let's be I was cursing adult. back then, yeah. yeah. Was it, what, 97? Yeah. Yeah, too, I was definitely actually. cursing. Fuck, I was cursing in 89. So, <laughs> yeah, I didn't watch anything after Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. Like I said, I vaguely I remember. I like the TV We Shrunk show. Ourselves, bro. I like that movie actually as a kid. Yeah, I, 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 mean, I, I will I admit, I've seen. Yeah, I've seen bits I and pieces like of it. it. Yeah, but, bananas, uh, bro. Potassium. <laughs> That's how you knew. Yeah, now yeah, I no, will I forever know the rest of my life. It's because of that movie. I swear to God, they make. A I mean, big by ninety-seven, by ninety-seven, I had seen already like Terminator Two, Jurassic Park, Bad Boys One, The Matrix, like. The Matrix I'd came out in '99, sir. Oh wait, no, never mind. That's a copy. Back in '97, he's like, I got it, baby. '97. No, but I mean, I had seen so many like fucking better movies by that time. I was just like, fuck that shit. Um, well, now I know. Like I said, I remember punishment film will be if I win the Oscar. Jesus fucking Christ, fuck that movie. We're gonna do a marathon of the Shrunk Ourselves. Yeah, guys, we're doing Honey, I Blew Up My Fucking Kids trilogy. I remember vaguely hearing about the tv show and maybe seeing like a t- commercial for it or something i don't but i didn't have I disney like, channel when i was a kid so i did not have that at all yeah i watched a lot of tv as a kid that was like my thing so uh anything that was yeah. in the 90s that was even remotely on screen for a little bit i probably saw it i had it through the black box man yeah. that's how we saw it i don't channel. i don't think we got disney channel through the black box for some no you, you didn't yeah, yeah you, they, they were disney smart had the security and they're like nope motherfucker but you can go get no paper. i've seen no, water world 14 it. times we had it on the black box dude really? yeah. i didn't have it on. my, my no, mom paid for it so i could when every time i go to our house i could watch it we had, i didn't have it i remember uh, pay, they would have the free weekends remember yeah pay-per-view showtime disney channel and hbo 
Yeah. I remember HBO and all the other ones. I just I remember we could not for some reason. I, it depended on your area too, by the way. So right. yeah. or depending who had Disney on your block too. I think. Mm-hmm. And if no one so, had it, then you ain't getting it. <laughs> so let's get into it. Sorry. Uh, now that we've discussed the the history that we've had with the, with the franchise, Nabil, what did you think about the movie? And do you think it's held up? You know, watching it, didn't remember a lot of the film. <laughs> I forgot a lot. I forgot where they focused on. Um, I thought there was more Rick Moranis in this film, but apparently not. Um, didn't really remember that. Like a lot of it was new to me, which I think is kind of good because um, I got to kind of see it with a fresh pair of eyes. Except for that ending when the serial thing came, I was like, I remember this part, <laughs> and then it ended. <laughs> I was like, the graphics aren't bad. I thought they were going to be pretty cheesy, but they for for what it was in the late eighties, I was like they're they're not bad. And then I thought to myself, that's because of Star Wars. Thank you, George Lucas, for stepping up your game with the graphics. Helped everybody out <laughs> a little better. Um, no, I thought it was I thought it was okay. It it's uh, it wasn't it wasn't too bad of a film. I thought the story was okay. Very short. Yeah, um, I didn't know where it was going. I liked the neighbor just dad. The way they portrayed him more than I, you know, I know he's supposed to be kind of like really mean, but big Russ, was like a really just concerned neighbor. <laughs> yeah, big <laughs> Russ, like he's not that bad of a guy. That's a lizard guy's crazy. Yeah. Okay. Slow down. No, man. he's just trying to, you know, force, you know, well, because you know, like with his 80s, kids, which you know, characters that like want really to just mean, kids. you know, yeah. and they're like, you don't want to be around. Like this is some jerk. But in this one, I was like. Everybody's just very nice. They're kind of concerned with each other. Nobody's really mean to each other. Even the neighbor kids is like talking to, uh, you know, uh, Marinus's daughter. I don't remember the names of the characters, but Marinus's daughter. And he's saying, you Amy? never talked to me because you're too popular, Amy. Yeah. And she's all like, you're right. I didn't like she acknowledged it. And I was like, oh, so everybody was just. Yeah, it's a lot of each other. I thought that was a really nice little touch seeing a film in that era, especially uh, where everybody was was relatively cordial with each yeah. other so it was nice i mean it it's a disney movie too so. true <laughs> yeah what do you they got to resolve their problems Man, they weren't being racist for each other the whites what do you know i mean they were yeah but that's a whole different thing weird the you only person that like stood out as the uh purely like 80s kid in this film was whatever neighbor kid that came through randomly at the end to try to mow the lawn with the remote oh, control. oh that kid i was like that kid seems like he's in the right decade this is the character <laughs> you expect everybody else they you didn't. You didn't think that the the young Nick with the you with think the mullet, Nick and his think... mullet were fucking not from the eighties, bro? <laughs> uh, no, bro. Or have Russ and his mullet too? The 90s? They've done it for a long time. Uh, did you forget about uh, freaking Cyrus, Billy Ray Cyrus, and and uh, Achy Breaky Heart? That's early nineties, guys. He was still at the times. Yeah, but these kids yeah, live okay. in the suburbs, bro. <laughs> I guess Axl Rose kind of had a mullet yeah. for a while too. No, uh, I mean so it was fun though. You, you think the movie has held up? Then, uh, um, do I? Th- I think that it's not as bad as some other older films we've seen. So I think it can hold up. But you know, when the scenes where they were shrunk, when they were on the ant, there are some scenes on there. It's like mm, a bit dated. <laughs> you know what they were doing. Green screen. But uh, I think that's just more effects. You know, like what can you do about that at the time? You only got so much. Um, but the story itself, yeah, I think I think it does kind of hold up. It'd be if they did a little remaster. I, the version I saw, I didn't feel like was really on Disney Plus. I think it was still for the same aspect ratio. Um, I don't remember it being really... Uh, yeah, that's the correct one. Redefined. Yeah, yeah. so um, maybe if they did a, a touch-up of it, it would be nicer. Um, but I think I think it, it does well even for today's time for you know, a film that's like 30 years old. Yeah, hmm. yeah I agree. Uh, what about you, James? Uh, what did you think about the movie? It's fun. It's a fun movie. It's, it's, it's nothing too serious. Like, you know, it's a Disney film. It has 
a lot going on to a point, but I think it does end rather abruptly. I don't think the kids yeah. ever get challenged that hard, by the way. There's no I never noticed that as a kid. I never noticed. I was like, this doesn't seem right. that fucking hard, right? Yeah. Like me and Marco I mean, talking about it. Like, that is take. that a five k? Like they just got yeah, three point two <laughs> miles. Thank you. We can't make it by the night, and they're just walking. I'm like, oh, or you just push through and fucking walk two more miles. Well, they had the ant, too. I thought that was weird because so they didn't travel far enough with that ant. That's what like, I thought, too. And also, why was a scorpion in the fucking yard? Yeah. Also, Dude, I don't know. You've got a problem in your yard. Has anybody ever questioned that? I never, as a kid, I just assumed it was, I, you know, because I was like, oh my God, there's a scorpion. Like, Is that a thing? But then as a kid, I was there, like, there's uh, no way that. Uh, I'm 31. I've never miles. seen a fucking scorpion. Ever. Yeah, but there, but going back to like the distance, like you said, James, there's no way that 3.1 miles would take an entire day. <laughs> no, even walking. I'm sorry, no. And then they and then they cheapen it out by just getting on the dog, anyways. I was like, what the fuck was the point of the fucking thing then? Yeah. And uh, I guess I never noticed. Also, Wayne and Diane are almost like getting a divorce at the beginning oh, of the yeah, movie. That's kind of where they were going. By the way, yeah. thus yeah. kind of <laughs> makes up for the honey I blew up the kid because that must be their love child after they make up after this film, right? Well, you could tell there was no resolution back. when she came back in the beginning. Like, oh, this isn't going to end. Well Bro, it's that. weird because they're like, well, dad had to sleep. I think his mom didn't come back. I'm like, whoa, what the fuck? Yeah. I'm like, I did not catch this uh, fucking like the kids are like oh, kind of scared. They're like, are our parents going to get a divorce? I'm like, Jurassic World all over again. Fuck, man. <laughs> um, I think it's held up to a point. I think the story itself. But I mean, once again, probably story was the same in the last well, the story didn't change. Just I'm just older yeah. now and I'm more critical and shit, right? Yeah. So, I think the pacing is a little it for a movie that's only an hour and a half. I actually think probably 20 minutes could be cut and it still would have flowed a little better because there's some parts where in the beginning it takes them like 40 minutes to even get fucking shrunk, I think. Cuz I was counting it down. I was like, "When the fuck are they going to get shrunk finally?" Maybe it's a Yeah, I didn't feel 30. like that as a kid. I, I always As a kid, I assumed they Early on, right? Yeah. yeah. And then also, I got to bring up something. Why did what was, the baseball activated it? I still <laughs> I don't quite know how that figured it yeah, out. Yeah, he's like, baseball. Like, I'm like, do you need to put weight on that thing? Is that what he yeah, means? Bro, I had, I had to justify it. In my, no, because the laser passed through the ball. He needed a filter. So it had, yeah, it, it needed oh, like a filter or something. Is that what it was? I, I think so. I don't think they do a good job of, of Yeah, because they're up. like the lasers what explodes it, the heat. But I mean, truthfully, Joe Johnson is... He's a kind of a run of the mill director, I think. No offense, but and this kind of this to- when I found out it was him the director, I was like, oh, this totally makes sense. So, yeah, like totally that makes sense. One of his first films, it was his like, first film, I think, and that because of this, they gave him the Rocketeer, and then after that, they're like, hey, maybe you just stay away from our shit for a while. I like Rocketeer. I I think it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I finally I saw Rocketeer. it too. I have so many good memories of that. Yeah, movie. Uh, it's okay, but you know, this movie obviously made a lot of money too, and it's just you know. I think it's held up pretty decent, though. They use a lot of practical effects, too, which helps. So Yeah. And uh, what about you, Marco? I I, I agree with uh, with what you guys said. I, I think that it's, it's a solid family movie, you know? I mean, um, a nice uh, story about, you know, a family that's uh, having problems and eventually, like, some traumatic event happens and they all realize, like, hey, you know what? We actually, you know, we actually are pretty... You know, solid family we should stick together. Mom and dad shouldn't split up. I actually do love my brother. I do love my sister. They're not annoying. Uh, you know what? The neighbors aren't assholes. We're just all misunderstood. And, you know, it just took this weird fucking crazy event of us getting small to realize that. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Let's, Let's take, take our mullets and fucking get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, it had, you know, a nice, you know, problem at the beginning or you know, a resolution at the end. You know, um, even though it was kind of, you know, campy and cheesy. 
um, that they just sort of you know forgot about the problems. Just like no, let's go. It's kind of predictable, but, I guess. Yeah, um, it's very it's like, very of the time of like, hey, wrap this shit up, basically, like get it through. Like, uh, okay, yeah, I get it. Abs- absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I liked all like the, the stuff that happens to the kids when when they're small. Um, I agree that the practical effects are cool. The sets are actually pretty awesome. Those are the things that have actually aged really well with the grass. Yeah. Um, and the whole dirt and everything. It really did look like a blown up, you know, backyard and everything. I was like, wow, that actually still held up to this. To to. to Although now. looking at the- it now, though, like, dude, their grass wasn't that long. No, I mean, no, not really. Especially when the guy goes like, "Here's the." Well, no, but I'm just saying, like, when he's like, "You have to go mow it," I'm like, "It's not that long, guys." <laughs> yeah, yeah, Trust they got, they got away with that one. Right now, like, all right, like, I'll let you get away. I've seen some the, way worse than this. The effects, the the, I I say are fifty fifty. Uh, in some parts, like they look good. There there are other areas where like that ant. I was like, oh man, <laughs> the animatronics are just bad on that thing. It's almost like stop motion, wasn't it? Uh like yeah, it. it was like half and half. Yeah, yeah. I want to say like when they're on it and close ups and stuff yeah. like that. But any of I'm the like, oh, uh, practical stuff is what I would say holds up pretty well. Also, yeah, um, that that ant died, like got anti murdered, dude. Right. Uh, also, like there's just very inconsistencies on the size of the kids. They say they're yeah. a quarter of an inch, <laughs> yeah. right? But I'm like, then how big are these fucking ants? Because that ant was twice. You, that, twice that yes, just it doesn't inch. make any sense. Serious? Especially when they put them on the scorpion. table at one point too. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's like some inconsistencies like, there with that. I was just like, uh, okay, the ant sure. and the scorpion were like the same size, by the way, which doesn't make any sense either. Right? I'm like, that's no. a yeah. It's like it's, a, a it's either a really small scorpion or a really big ant, one or the other. Because they're saying it's just a baby too. I'm just like, mm, it's just a baby. I don't know guys. about that, bro. Shut up, Nick. Um, you fucking mullet here, fuck. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't leave the fucking ant nest if they did. Especially when but, they fit uh, into the Lego piece too. Their size doesn't that doesn't match up either. By the way, there's no consistency. Yeah. No, no, not really. Um, the cookie too. I was like, that's too. That's fucking huge. And then the bowl of cereal. Yeah. I'd say that the Cheerio is probably the one that's the most consistent. I was like, okay, that's about right if you're a quarter of an inch. Uh, I still had an issue. I know James already brought it up. The the distance thing. That's the only thing that I feel like just is just not believable. I'm like, they give you 30 minutes to run a 5K. If if you know if you can't walk it by then, then too bad. Something wrong with you. Five kilometers away, guys. I'm like, yeah, push, push <clears throat> but, through. Um, push through. Yeah, especially with the assistance of like an insect and a freaking a dog. But anyway, I'm like, how to shape well, these the, fucking kids? The dog Didn't one of them play football? Jesus. I mean, not very well though, right? <clears throat> yeah. I want. Or jam. he just didn't want to be on the team. I guess whatever he wanted. He had just other interests. To, just want to uh, listen to But music. it's still like, as much as I'm, you know, critiquing and everything, I still like enjoyed it. It still like holds that little bit of like nostalgia to it, and uh, yeah. it gives it that bit of magic at least for me and i think because of that it does held up it is a product of its time and obviously if you have some childhood memory with it it's going to hold up even more for you um but it's still like something you know i would watch with you know young family or something like that i think that they would enjoy it and appreciate it it's pretty cool you know it's not something that's really i mean with the exception of ant-man now it's not something that's done you know too often these days not the type of plot they would do i mean yeah with that being said Apparently, there's going to be uh, a sequel uh, to the franchise yeah. um, in 2020 called Trunk. It's also going to be directed by Joe Johnston, and it's going to star Rick Moranis uh, reprising his role as Wayne. 
and Josh Gad is going to be the grown-up version of the mullet-haired fuck Nick. So, are, are you guys looking forward to this? Did you guys know about this? Um, yeah. We'll start with you, James. Um, are you excited for this? What do you What do you think? Yeah, it's a, it's actually a real sequel too. I don't know if it's gonna like um, pretend the other movies didn't happen, do a Halloween on us, and be like, just kidding, only the first one's canon. But knowing Disney, they're probably gonna just roll with all this shit, dude. Uh, I knew about it because Rick, Rick Moranis was a big deal that he came out of retirement because he's gonna do this movie. So that's right. pretty cool. Uh, I guess Disney just loves Josh Gad, and they put him in every fucking movie. <laughs> and after seeing him in Artemis Fowl, I'm like, maybe not. But um, I hope he has a mullet still as Nick. I, I hope that he, he's still rocking it, <laughs> even he's in 2020. Troubles. Yeah, and I hope he's just like an alcoholic. I mean, I hope he's like a wreck. <laughs> It'd be hilarious. He's like, I hope he's like a PTSD ever since he got shrunk. He's just not the same person. For like 30 years, he's been bitching about it. And everyone's like, get over it, bro. Like... Fuck, dude. And he's just like, they catch him one day, and he's just like, he's just fucked up, faded. And he's like, I'm going to streak again. It's the only way I feel alive. <laughs> or, um, I think it's probably going to get pushed, probably, too. It's probably going to come out next year, obviously, because of the COVID. Yeah, so, probably. But it's kind of cool that they're reaching back in for some stuff. And if it's done well, uh, I hope they don't rely too much on too much CG, though, which I would probably think they would do because modern-day movie, obviously. Yeah, they probably are, bro. Yeah. So, What about you, Nabil? Yeah. Uh, I didn't even know the film was coming out, so I think that's great that Rick Moranis is coming out of retirement and doing this. That, that's... That for that itself makes me interested to see the film because he did was you guys a big part know that he retired early on? Yeah, because of because his wife died. Wife. Yeah, yeah, in the nineties yeah. to care yeah. to take take care of his kids, so he's turned down a lot of roles. Yeah, so, so I think this is great. Um, he was a big part of my childhood, and I've seen a lot of films with him in it. And I was I was uh pretty disheartened to not have to not see him anymore in movies, but uh, this this will be exciting. I think just just to watch for pure in this case pure nostalgia. So. Um, yeah, who knows what Josh Gad's going to bring to it? He'll just be the funny, weird, dumb guy on there, and but also a scientist because you know he's going to be a scientist. No, 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 no. Supposedly. You're just assuming he's a scientist. Yeah, he's we don't know what happened after. Uh, just because he was smart when he was nine doesn't mean you're smart when you're 43. <laughs> Dang, James, he's got a point. They could go the whole right? Marvel route. <laughs> I don't uh, want to be had... like my dad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had no idea that this was coming out either, so I was just as shocked, especially hearing that Rick Moranis is coming back. Put your goddamn wish he was shirt back, back on, for... Marco. Put what? your What's shirt that? back on, goddamn it. I know you're excited. <laughs> I'm sorry. My pants are coming off, too. I apologize. <laughs> Socks on, too, still? <laughs> I just start dancing. Yeah. He's yeah. back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I kind of wish it wasn't for this movie as much as I love the original. And Ghostbusters? I, I have a soft that, spot for what you're for... saying, Marco? <laughs> Ghostbusters? You want it back for that? Yes, me too. Everybody does, yes. dude. We're like, can you also do that other one? Now that you have time, like, come on, man, be be the fifth Ghostbuster. But uh, um, I'm still excited. The fact that Joe Johnson's coming back to the project too. I mean, I know he's you know not the best director, but I mean, I still like the first Avenger. I have a soft spot for the Rocketeer. Also, also. he was definitely enough. free. Yeah. He was definitely free. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'll take it. <laughs> I got nothing on my plate. Yeah, fuck it. You guys want to do Rocketeer too? No, Joe. Yeah, we're good. I'll do Suku for that one. Um, but yeah, uh, should be interesting. Ho- hopefully, like James was saying, they don't, you know, use too much CGI, but I think they will. And you know, we'll see if it can actually hold up, and if it'll actually be uh, something that includes all the movies, or just the first one, or the you know, the first two. Who knows? 
They but, include yeah, this TV series too. They're like, fuck it, it's all candy. <laughs> no, I'm like, no, I'm not gonna watch. You think they're gonna do a de-aging on Rick Moranis for a flashback scene? Uh-huh. I bet you they yeah, will. I bet you money. they will, man. Dude, oh no! It was like, oh, we got a real release here, yeah, huh? We got, got a real we movie. This, yeah. yeah. What if they do like a like a nightmare scene where they, you know, flashback nightmare? Or after the events of the first one, like he maybe. I mean, I'm, I I wouldn't be shocked if they pretend the other ones didn't happen. Just be like, oh. I mean, Honey, I blew up the kid. Wasn't that bad? It's been so long, so it's on Disney Plus yeah. too. I might have to check it out. I mean, they they have to consider the fact that they had that kid, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, where's that kid? Isn't industry? he like thirty? Right, he's not for college guys. He's fine. He's thirty and in college. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's nice. They're just gonna snap their fingers and Thanos the the. the yeah, like, who's saying this takes place in twenty twenty? Not there. This yeah, might take there. place in two thousand five, bro. Oh yeah. my bad, Nabil. <laughs> Jesus, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Uh, Good choice so, though, Marco. Not a bad. F- yeah, it was, it was fun. fun. It wasn't like horrible to watch. Like oh fuck, we gotta watch this. I was like, oh, pleasantly surprised. No, I figured I wouldn't punish us too bad. Thanks, Marco. Let's get into our review of the new Judd Apatow comedy, The King of Staten Island. I like your tattoos. What are those numbers on your arm? Oh, that's uh, the date my dad died. He was a fireman. Died in a fire 17 years ago. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Don't be. It's fine. Knock, knock. Who's there? Not your dad. You can't focus on Scott anymore, honey. He's 24 years old, Marjorie. Let that fucking bird fly, please. Don't worry, Mom. I know your daughter got smart and went to college and abandoned us. But I'm still here. I'm going to be here forever. Yeah. I want to become a real tattoo artist. Your work is mad and consistent. Obama ain't right. Oh, I love your tattoos. This is my favorite. I've been dating someone for a little while now. The first guy you date in 17 years is a fireman just like that? You don't think that's weird? You're going to have to pull your weight a little more around here. Maybe help Ray get his kids to school. Kelly, do you know him? He's a new friend. You okay? You know, you could tell me. I'm okay. Oh, I trained her in the car. She's not going to break. Hi, guys. So the IMDb description for this is Scott has been a case of arrested development since his firefighter dad died. He spends his day smoking weed and dreaming of being a tattoo artist until events force him to grapple with his grief and take his first steps forward in life. Directed by Judd Apatow, as we talked about. Uh, did 40-year-old Virgin in 2005, Knocked Up in 2007, and Funny People in 2009, and also Trainwreck in 2015. Stars Pete Davidson as Scott Carlin. Marissa Tomei as Margie Carlin. Maude Apatow as Claire Carlin, Bill Burr as Ray Bishop, Belle Powley as Kelsey, Steve Buscemi as Papa, Ricky Velez as Oscar, Lou Wilson as Richie, and Moises Arias as Igor. Alright, so Nabil, just so yay or nay, did you did you like it? Did you not like it? Yeah, I thought it was a great film. I like the dialogue specifically. Judd Apatow is obviously really good with uh, his writing and the uh just just uh i think that was for me the biggest takeaway from it is just the very conversational tone with with yeah. all the different characters hanging out in different scenes with uh scott carlin talking to his mother and just all that dialogue made me really want to just keep learning about the characters and that i think really was the highlight of the film in general just which you don't get a lot of films just and i think really good dialogue. yeah i i didn't realize that it's been so long since the apato film came out and yeah He's really good at that natural dialogue between people, mm-hmm. especially banter and stuff, I think. Yeah. And it's one of those things where I kind of missed that. I was like, oh, shit. Especially, you know, like 40-year version we've all seen. That's got probably some of the best quotable dialogue, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was really good. You got to stop putting it up on a pedestal, man. That's the third kind <laughs> you just of have, uh, 
he fills up a scene um, with where really nothing is happening, but just the five minutes of exposition that you're ha- you, you'll have in that whole you know scene between mm-hmm. you know uh, just Scott and his mom and learning about his father and all this just just in this uh, this conversation whether it's an argument or just in passing. Good writer. Also jokes <laughs> in between, which is kind of, you know you're kind of laughing like oh I see what he did there. Yeah. So yeah, I, I thought it was fun. Nice. Uh, what about you, Marco? Uh, yay. I really like this one a lot. I didn't even know it was a Judd Apatow movie. I went in blind. I didn't watch a trailer. didn't read anything up on it. I was just like, eh, let, let me rent it and uh, see what it's about. So it was a pleasant surprise. And I, I agree with what Nabil says. I think that Apatow kills it with uh, the natural dialogue and the way friends interact too, the way uh, Scott interacted with his friends, the way they kind of talked to each other and fucked with each other. Um, I thought that that was very relatable. Uh, the whole premise of the movie I felt was relatable, relatable too. I think especially if you've ever lost anybody close yeah. to you in the family or, you know, a father specifically. And I, the whole thing with Scott trying to figure out, you know, his life and shit like that, I think that's something that can transcend, like, any age, really. I mean, I think I don't think everybody really can know or predict what it is that they really want to do in life sometimes you know it takes a while even like with actors you know you you see some that you know sprouted or their career catapulted catapulted at a later age so um it's a story that i think can speak to virtually anybody so really like that uh it does run a little too long in judd apatow fashion so there is that but overall i think that the story is solid and I thought the performance was really good. Yeah, I totally agree. Chad Apatow has an issue where, like, he cannot make a movie less than two hours. There's no Yeah. I think that's part of the dialogue, though. I think because he adds no, so much. No, I think he keeps a lot of scenes that don't be in his films, too. Yeah, he definitely doesn't like to cut. He, he does not like to cut. You can tell there's, there's a lot of scenes sometimes where even I'm like, you know what? That would have been nice if that wasn't in the fucking movie. Or tighten the scene up, right? Like I can definitely yeah. just point out a scene, like the high scene, where that could have been tightened up a little bit. We, by the way, I forgot we will have spoilers for this one too. So uh, hold off on anything spoiler wise. Um, actually, fuck. Truthfully, we kind of have to get into spoilers to talk about everything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me tell you guys what I think, though. I actually like this one a lot. I thought you guys weren't gonna like this, by the way. Really? Yeah, I had a fear of like getting into this. I'm like, fuck. I'm going to be the only one that likes this fucking movie. Because I don't know what you guys thought of like Pete Davidson and shit like that, but I was like, you know what? Truthfully, Pete Davidson is kind of the reason why this movie works for me. Um, yeah. I don't have too much of a history watching him and stuff, other than SNL skits and all that. I don't know about you guys, and then everybody knows, you know, it's high-profile dating of Ariana Grande a year ago or two years ago, and um, he comes off as super likable, though. Even though I, I mean, like Marco said, though, I could probably kind of relate. You know, it's one of those things where. Scott's stuck in like a rut himself and you know he's never gotten over the death of his father and he he holds his father in this kind of a position in in his mind and I think throughout the film he slowly is kind of uncovering like who his dad really was and I think that helps him kind of realize who he really is does that make sense which and I think you would agree with this James with with when something happens like that it really is true like that really does that shit really does happen and like, yeah speaking from the experience of losing my dad and stuff like that you it that all that shit that he was feeling and everything it's so fucking true like yeah and unless like you experience it or go through something like it like it's just kind of hard to relate but i think that both director and actor did a great job well i think 
well, David said actually losing his dad in real life. Yeah. I think he really could channel that. And it's like, oh, shit. Yeah, they really, like, got that down pat. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's crazy. He His dad died in uh, 9-11. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I, I don't have too much experience with Pete Davidson other than, like, like you said, the SNL skits. That's about it, really. But um, as uh, as an actor, I especially with this movie and seeing his, I guess, his depth, uh, I liked it a lot. I, I like his performance. And um, obviously it was something he was comfortable with and could really immerse himself into, into yeah. the character. So I think that helped. But um, overall, like, yeah, his performance is solid. He had a lot of good, like co-stars that helped too i mean marissa tomei did a great job as his mom too yeah she, she was she i was didn't awesome. even know she was in this movie yeah she's great neither did i, I um like, oh, the the sister uh claire Carlin, claire carlin played by apatha's daughter she i mean even though her scenes are very light i mean it's still like it's very believable that scott and her are brother and sister and i liked her that. scenes where she's like i worry about you and like yeah i thought it was kind of funny i mean it's not really spoilish i guess because we're not getting too serious but He's like, are you going to do something so? He's like, yeah, fuck, probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Damn, that's not what those people want to fucking hear. You know what I mean? No. But it's so funny. No. Like, I like, I don't know why. It's dark. That's like the dark humor of it, I guess. And yeah. even, I don't, I don't know, because obviously he's not all right. And it even shows, like, in the beginning, he closes his eyes when he's driving. And it's like, uh, you know what? Hold on, guys. We're going to get spoilers now, by the way, because it's too hard to talk about this film and get down to what it we're really going to talk is. about. So if you want to see it, we all liked it. Check it out. It's twenty bucks. It's uh, available for rental. You haven't been to a movie theater in three months. Get over it. Just fucking pay the twenty and go watch it. I think it's worth it. Bill's like, wait to buy. You did make a comment. And and by the way, I know this doesn't uh, affect the bill in any way, but it's the same price for both HD and four K. Nineteen. Bill's like, fuck both you guys. He just took his um, headphones off. Fuck. He's out. Four K. What did Apatow say? Um, he he had somebody had made a similar comment saying, "Oh, 1999 is a ripoff," and he's like, "Don't worry." And uh, he's like, "In like a month, it'll be cheaper just to rent." And then he's like, "In about three months from that, it'll be free." So if you really want to wait, you can watch it. Not really like, said okay. that. That's funny. Yeah. I recommend checking it out though. So yeah. we're spoilers here going forward, guys. So we we've warned you. So. Um, so what I'm saying is like, he closes his eyes and begins, he's like, is he trying to kill himself? And that kind of gives you already a heads up. Like, this is not just like a straight comedy. I think there's a lot of dramatic elements to the film overall. I mean, I, I enjoyed his performance Pete Davidson specifically with his friends as well. Although they, they don't add too much to the film. Truthfully guys, I don't know if you've noticed or not. Like his three friends, no, Oscar, I, Rich and Igor, Igor, by the way, hilarious. That's the kid from fucking, um, uh, Nacho Libre. He's come a long way, right? Yeah. Oh, shit, it is him, huh? Um, he was also from, uh, what was that, uh, Lizzie McGuire. Oh, yes. I've never I, seen I, I saw this with uh, with my older niece, and she pointed that out. She was like, oh, he's from Lizzie McGuire. I'm like, what? You're like, poor kid? I was like, Igor? Libre. I thought he was, uh, and Hannah Montana. he's kind of like the guy that gets picked a lot, Igor. I thought it was funny as yeah. fuck. He's like the little yeah. guy, too, and he just tries his tattoos on him. He's like, I don't really like these guys. He's just trying to be a good friend. <laughs> He's just trying to be a good friend, and he even like kind of comforts him. I don't know if a lot of people will kind of relate to this, but Marco and I probably can talk about this because Marco. I mean, he's stated already that he, his, you know, your father passed away. Uh, my brother passed away when I was uh, shortly after high school, right before college. So um, it's weird that opening sequence where people are talking to him about that. 
like asking him about like oh how did your dad die or like is that cool like that happens like a lot when you bring something yeah. up like this by the way that's super relatable um, and it, it's very and true people when he says like people oh, like walk on eggshells by the way like yeah. they don't know how yeah. to like talk to you like do i bring it up or it's like no that's it what about it uh, what were you saying, Marco? Yeah, the way he uh, the way he responded to that was very accurate. Where it's like, if years have passed and stuff, it really does get easier to talk about. Oh yeah, definitely. And they joke about it, and I actually thought that was fucking hilarious when he does yeah. the knock knock joke. <laughs> He's yeah. like, knock knock, who's there? <laughs> Not your dad. And they just he does the face. I don't know why. Yeah. I kind of love that scene. <laughs> <laughs> it just it shows the bond between his friends and how close they yeah, are. Yeah, they're it's super like close. Shit that we would do to each other, yeah. you know, like oh yeah, I can say that close. shit to you guys. Yeah, but but I mean, like those are the scenes that I I feel like could have been cut shorter. Like they could have. They, they talked a bit too, too much. much time. Uh, yeah. Truthfully, one scene in particular, guys, I want to bring up is: uh, Do they actually ever kind of come back to his friends being in prison? No. <laughs> they never do, right? I was like thinking about it afterwards, like, do they get out or are they fucking doing time now? Because he makes a big deal, like, you got to watch my cat, and I was like, this well, is such an apatow thing to exactly. be like. He, he never watches the cat either. No, not that just, we know of, happened. unless that's the scene that apatow cut out. Yeah, off camera. Or was the whole point just to show that Igor's chick was actually real? He's like, he's real. I think it was that. And then he looks yeah. over and he's staring at him. But then, like, we never hear back about fucking uh, Richie at all. I'm like, is Richie dead? Well, I think uh, he might be. Active, <laughs> he says Richie's but, uh, doing okay. He's like, he's doing fine. I'm like, was he not available for this scene? Or wait, not. two people can't talk to somebody. The hospital ward. Yeah. I just thought that the heist, too, like you said, went on too long. Yeah. There, I mean, there was a couple of scenes where it just, right, it, in the scene, you know, him playing on his game is like, okay, we get it. He's not paying attention, guy. We figured it out. That was funny um, because Oscar does bring him like, yeah, it's kind of hard to tell somebody you're a lookout when you weren't even looking out. Like, I was like, <laughs> true, touche. Yeah. Like, yeah. But he wouldn't have seen that. They were already in the building. I was going to say, yeah, he should That's have what said, I was like, saying bro, too. they were already inside. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, uh, the guy was still in there with yeah. the lady. He locked the door, remember? He said that. He locked himself in there, so there, nobody came to the front. Shot. Yeah, and then he got shot, though. I was like, holy oh, shit, dude. I thought he died. I was like, oh, I shit. Too. I was like, this got dark fast. I was like, damn. Apatow took the left turn right here, bro. Well, and I think that's been one of my... Uh, that That's probably one of my one things that I feel like, you know, we were kind of talking about that is what didn't work, was um, there... You know, Scott, uh, Paul, uh, Pete Davidson's character, didn't really have uh, the growth that I was uh, with with the people around him. I mean, he did have growth internally, especially at the end where they really like escalated him, saying, "Okay, we got to get him out of him being a piece of shit and really get him be be a good person." You know, with the central montage of the fire station, and then you know, finding some resolution with with the people around him. But I, have I feel like that, yeah. I'm gonna yeah, I think that in. growth wasn't really like in some areas. Yes, obviously it worked. They we, they kind of tied up relationships, but yeah. um, and obviously left it open to to more things. But yeah. um, I think that's my one thing is that they just didn't give him the the time to grow. They spent so much time with him being a piece of shit and said, "Oh fuck, we got to find resolution in this conflict." So let's uh, let's escalate it a bit. And that I think bothered me a little bit with with that part of uh, the character because everybody else, like you were saying, James, they they spent a lot of time with the other characters. It's actually really good. Um, with with the the bonding that he does with everybody, but I think just development on him as a character um, really was one way, and then suddenly we have to shift directions to another way. But I think it's 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 kind of a it's a culmination of like if he sticks around the same people he's always been around, like he's never going to change, right? And it's not right. until he starts 
um, living with the firemen like Ray and Papa and everyone else where he starts to kind of transition into a different character. So for me, that actually does work only because his surroundings change. So he starts realizing things and he starts, and these are the people that open up to him about like how his dad really was, you know, and like, right. and then through that, his mom admits like, yeah, your dad was like kind of always fucked up. And that's why you probably bonded so well with him. Cause you know, he wasn't the greatest person in the world, but he, he loved him as a, you know, father son relationship, obviously. And I think that's why it's such a dramatic change. I don't get me wrong. They probably could have taken a little more time with that, but yeah. Adding, adding on to that. Yeah. James, it's, it's like when, like he's trying to like figure out what he's gonna do with his life and stuff like that. He's like getting yeah. your shit together. It's it's a constant phrase he's throwing. I'm getting my shit together. Getting my shit together. Yeah. Like speaking from like experience because of like you know when a traumatic event happens and shit like that, and you're already like having like mental issues and shit like that. It can like have severe impact on on people and stuff like that. And yeah. I thought Judd Apatow tackled that very very well like i was just like holy shit that's exactly what it fucking feels like because like for me it happened right as i was transitioning into college and stuff like that and just like a little peek into my life like it you know it took me a while to figure out like what i was gonna do like with school what i was gonna study and stuff like that and everything and like everybody's asking you like oh what are you gonna do what are you gonna do and sometimes like when you're dealing with so much like mental shit and mental stress it's like fucking hard to focus it's yeah. just like it feels like a lot of noise in your head and you're just trying to find that one light, that one thing that's going to be like, that's what I want to do. And I feel like they got that right. Like it wasn't necessarily supposed to be like a whole resolution, like this is what he's going to do, but at yeah. least like a path or something, one move in the right direction and you can start to get your life together. And I, and I think and I th- adding to that, it's kind of like that's what he thinks people expect him to do is like get your shit straight and like you're 24 and yeah, like you should already do is your sister's going to college. And I, I do like the fact that Claire is always trying to kind of look like, hey, you could do this too. Like she really believes in her brother a lot, which I like those scenes. That's mm-hmm. good to have like siblings that like believe in you and shit like that. Um, But it's one of those things too where it, it, t- it it's the least – it's the place where he least expected it is where he finds his like release pretty much. If that makes sense. Yeah. The last place he wants to be. Yeah. Because going there obviously is, you know, that's cause like at one point, don't they ask him like, why don't you try to put the jacket on? He's like, are you fucking kidding mm-hmm. me? Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's crazy. Like, I thought that was funny too. I know that's fucked up too, but like, he's like, Oh yeah, let's <laughs> no, go do that. You think the nine eleven guys want to be pilots afterwards? Like, Oh shit. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I like, but that's what I'm saying though. He acknowledges it. And that's, that's, I think what makes it, this film different from a lot of other films that, you know, people are dealing with trauma is that he is aware as a character that he is dealing yeah. with drama, yeah. trauma. He's, he's not is, hiding from it. Yeah. He knows yeah. that he has the mental illness. He knows that things are just more difficult. He does wallow a bit in it more than he should. And this is yeah. considers it as a life handicap that he just cannot achieve when people believe that he can. Is it, is um, it almost because he is a millennial in a way, right? That's funny. Yeah, he's like, I mean, dude, he, we he are the millennials. <laughs> Fuck yeah. millennial. I mean, he does stupid shit. He tattoos a kid. Like, yeah, he's, he's got some issues, but, um, Which even he was like, I don't, I don't, I don't value our friendship. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's like, why would you do this? It's so funny. Um, but I mean, that's what, that's what makes the film. I think different is that, that because he's he's acknowledging it and he's aware yeah. that you're looking at it now that how is he handling that you know yeah, and that's that where his approaches to different things is is you look at it in perspective because it's not somebody trying to learn about it he's like I'm aware but I'm also feeling like I can't do anything about it so this yeah. is how I live my life no no definitely you know? so. 
Uh, what did you guys think about Bill Burr's character, Ray, and uh, his interactions overall? It's a welcome surprise. I like Bill Burr. I like um, Bill Burr and I a lot, too. I love the Same. mustache. I like that he embraced the baldness, finally. He's there. He's, he's gone he all shaved, the way. Yeah, he shaved it all. Yeah. He's just uh, it was funny, and him and Marissa Tomei really worked well. I loved the little twist reveal at the end about his living. Well, you know, midway through the film about his living situation, it was like he's not being 100 percent truthful. Um, but he was generally, I think he was generally like a good guy. He wasn't trying to, at least when we could see. Yeah. I, I thought he was a great kind of addition to try. I'm not trying to be a father figure, but I am trying to, you know, be some kind of role model <laughs> in your life Kinda, yeah. <laughs> in the situation. Guess. You know, so uh, I thought it was a. Uh, especially with what happened with his son, that was a very uh, funny take to ha- how he was introduced. But also, you know, it was, it was uh, very Bill Burr esque, right? Yeah, very Bill Burr. Yeah, yeah. I was like, whoa, slow down, Bill. That's the lady you're talking to. <laughs> what about you, Marco? I agree. I uh, I enjoyed him. He was a pleasant surprise. I think he did great with the role. He wasn't too Bill Burrish, I guess, if you know what I mean. Like he em- embraced like the character, and I think that he added a lot to. Uh, to being like a like a, I guess sort of like a role model for Scott to a point, Eventually, which is something yeah. that he had right. lost in his life, and kind of showed that you know people can you know believe in you and hold you up and say hey you can do this, and the fact that you know Bill Burr or Ray Bishop realized that hey I can actually you know help this kid and kind of say yeah you know you, you let him do, do the tattoos, really. which look fucking terrible by the way. Yeah, he's a great <laughs> artist, just not a good tattoo. Dude, dude yeah, it looks so I bad. Thought, dude, Even I thought they end, were gonna be like, dude, I thought it was one thing. Just as an I was artist, like, fuck, he just kept doing more of them. Yeah, he's like, I won't ever see my back. I was like, dude, you're never gonna want to see your back after this. Holy <laughs> shit! And I was like, these are terrible. So funny. Uh, yeah, I liked him a lot. Uh, Bill Burr is awesome. Uh, if you've never seen this uh, animated show on Netflix, Efforts for Family, season four just came out. Check it out. He's very much it's kind of the same character show. and. And it will knock you through a wall, apparently. So, <laughs> um, Last thing here, guys. I just want to talk about it uh, before we get to closing thoughts. What do you guys think about Kelsey overall? I know that's kind of Scott's. Scott realizes, you know, by the end that, you know, Kelsey wants more out of life. She's actually the only character that kind of knows that, like, um, Staten Island can be better than it is. And everyone else is kind of just always like, yeah, it's whatever. It's, it is what it is. But she seems like she's the character that wants to build out of it. And I... I thought uh, I've never seen Belle Powley in anything before. She's been in stuff. Apparently, I looked up her IMDb. I thought she played it off really well, kind of being from that area. And I even thought her scene where she's trying to make Scott jealous, which is just fucking <laughs> so random. Like she's so pissed that he does not give a fuck and he's just asking about bread. And she's like, "What the fuck?" She's like, "I just met him." And I was like, "Oh my god, he's a DJ too." And it's just one of those things where it's just. It it works. It's a, it's a, that was very Apatow, I think, writing of it all and setting it up. But yeah, it, it's kind of shitty because you do see Scott treat her pretty shitty, and it's just like he's just kind of using her. But then he does like realize things. But I I felt like that could have been a little bit stronger. But uh, what did you guys think? Uh, I felt that that was the more I guess Hollywoodish aspect of yeah the movie because I felt like like you were saying James, he's kind of like treating her like crap and stuff like that and. You know, in the end, they end up, you know, I guess to a point happy together. I thought it was going to be like, you know, I appreciate you supporting me, trying to be like a civil worker and everything like that. And we'll always be cool, but it's too late, you know, kind of like a hard lesson for him type of thing. Like there are consequences to things because I think like some of his the consequences he does go through are a bit of a slap on the wrist and not really too like severe. Like he gets kicked out of his house. Yeah. And he's 
you know, homeless to a point. But, I mean, as far like, he still keeps his friends around. They're still cool with him and everything like that. I would have felt like that would be a good opportunity for Kelsey to be like, you know, no, romantically, we're not going to pursue it. But it, it, it still works. But I felt like you had to kind of, I think it's one of those I things guess, where, like, she must really his belief love a little bit there. a lot more than you. Than, True. Well, I mean, they didn't know each other right? whole life and yeah. stuff, but. Um, and she is the one that yeah. is kind of pushing him to be also, along with Claire, like, to be better about things, so. True. She's one of the ones that does, like, believe in him and everything. And obviously, yeah. in the beginning, she thinks it's more serious. Like, she gets pissed about the party in there, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that she's trying to, um, she sees, like you guys said, she sees the kind of good in him. And so is trying to have him just be a bit more open and honest. And yeah, he he finally gets her at the end, and he's he's gotten a few chances um, throughout the film to to really show that to her. But um, I think that's where, just like what you just said, Marco, that that I was kind of getting at is that because there wasn't a lot of resolution, and what the resolution they did give was really expedited near the end. Um, that. Yeah, he he does get away with a lot more than he should, and in, in in a lot of things, yet he does he does get a lot of just a slap on the wrist. So um, that, but that I think that's also the same thing that um, <laughs> like she says to him. I, I believe it's her, and maybe the sister also said it as well. Where it's like it's what he does to people that he makes people worry about him. That's like, his sister. They're always yeah. so concerned, you know. So she no says, matter what, ruining he's doing, my Halloween yeah. party. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Like, so. That's he, and he doesn't. I was like, um, "Is this me?" I'm just kidding. <laughs> so he's always just like everybody's just always worried about him, always concerned whether he deserves it or not. And um, it's because he says stupid shit or does stupid shit or whatever it is. Yeah. And so she obviously sees like redeeming, uh, redeeming characteristics in him. But at the same time, it's I'm hoping the way they kind of ended it, I do like that it was like, you know, it's kind of like I love you, like hopefulness and, at least. It's, yeah, it's not exactly, exactly like, telling you it. And it's not saying that they're gonna be fine yeah. and it's happily ever after, th- but it's like I think ending it on the Kid Cudi song "Pursuit of Happiness" kind of sums yeah. up the the movie in a way too. I thought that mm-hmm. worked really well. Like true, like he's trying, he's still in pursuit of trying to find like his best place, his but, medium, but he's definitely in a better position than he is than in the beginning of the film. I'll say right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, he knows like where to go now and where he wants to go to a point. Yeah, and he just has he to has get a path there. finally. Before he was yeah, just wandering absolutely. around and stuff. Uh, closing thoughts, guys. Anything else you want to bring up? Uh, just that it's, it's a really solid film. And I think that, uh, you know, like I said, it's something that I think anybody in almost any age could relate to. So yeah. I, I highly recommend it. And, I mean, it's, it's fucking worth the 20 bucks. Did you guys I mean, realize Pete Davidson like, was so young, by the way? Was he? Yeah, I thought he, he was 24? our age, bro. I was like, damn. He's was only 26. He? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, I think yeah. it was, I he's not twenty four, but I mean, he was twenty five yeah. when he filmed it, so he's only like a year yeah. off. I didn't realize that. I thought he was like thirty. I was like, oh, that makes sense. No. Okay. Crazy. Yeah, it's only twenty bucks, like Mark was saying. So. Yeah, it was definitely worth the rent. Um, I think Apatow is really good. Again, he's really good at writing, and this, this realized is another this made me realize how much I miss Apatow films. Yeah, like a true film that he's just not trying to, you know be diverse or do something like if he's just sticking with what his you can tell he had a vision for this film and he i think he does really well good well uh good job of executing it again pete uh, is great. pete davidson co-wrote it too by the way so yeah i did yeah. see that and i think that's i mean it's kind of maybe loosely based off of his own life it, i'm sure he's it, double- all right so according to him it's it's if what would have happened to his life if he had not become a comedian basically all right so that's kind of how right, he's playing it off 
Yeah, um, and so yeah. I think that that's really that's a it's a it's just a really solid story, and it's and it's different than what you kind of see. And an Apatow film in general is different, you know, especially coming from where he, you know, doing films like Forty Year Old Virgin, Knocked Up. You can see the progression, Trainwreck, and now this. So I think uh, this is Funny his People best too. movie since Funny People. Yeah, and I really liked Funny People. I, I don't think it was always his best reviewed film. Um, oh, I like that. I read you a lot of his other ones, but I actually like Funny People quite yeah. a bit, and this it just kind of reminds me of. You that. haven't seen yeah. Funny People? Oh, really? No, good. I've been. Wa- that's one that I want to scratch off really my list good. too. Also, a yeah, movie that good. runs about twenty minutes too long. <laughs> long, I think it's two and a half hours. Dude, long. all those movies run too long. Even Knocked Up, Forty Year Old Virgin. Also, like I rewatched the Forty Year Old Virgin the other day. I watched the unrated version. Yeah, not the other day, but a couple like months 10, 15 ago. Minutes, I think. Dude, yeah, and I was like, it's been back to the dialogue though too. Yeah, but Trainwreck. I, that film I haven't seen though. Trainwreck is the one. Oh, uh, really? Seen. Who did I see that with? I saw that. I seen Trainwreck. Yeah. Um, Not with us. I know. What about you, James? What are your uh, closing thoughts on it? Uh, I thought it was cool that Action Bronson shows up, fucking stabbed, by the way, or shot. <laughs> is that cool? <laughs> I was like, holy fuck, is that Action Bronson? I was like, holy. He's like, yo, can we trade identities? Like, our faces do not look <laughs> the same. She was hilarious. It was so random near the end. I was like, is this it? Is this like he's gonna save someone? <laughs> He's like, I fell into, I was, uh, what was he, walking? And he's starting to make up hella things. Like, no, I don't know. I didn't get like, shot. Yeah, no, it's, it's good, though. We're good. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, uh, I need I a little help. Man, disagreement with someone, really. But now we're friends again. We smashed that shit. <laughs> yeah, fun movie. It was uh, it was better than I thought. Like I said, I, I didn't know what to expect. I'd only seen part of the trailer, so I didn't see the whole thing. I totally forgot Bill Burr was in it until he showed up. I was like, oh, my God, Bill Burr is in this movie. And like you guys said, it's it's a relatable film. I think it's really well written. I th- you know, it's it's worth the twenty dollars to rent it. You know, make it make it like a movie night. Like I said, we haven't been to the theater since March, right? Pass yeah. the popcorn, get the candy, maybe even make some hot. I mean, or like if you yeah. if you trust your friends and you okay. want to share your account, you know, split the cost. Yeah, so uh, check it out. All right, so that is the end of podcast number seventy five, guys. Thank you for listening. Thanks for all the feedback, response, and reviews. Uh, Marco, can you let them know how to reach us if anybody wants to leave? Any kind of a comment, subscription, like, <laughs> emoji, hate hate mail, anything, unsubscribe, maybe something. Fuck unsubscribe, it, right? I don't what know. else? Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Movie Pals Pod. Also, if you use Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, or iHeartRadio, hit that subscribe button, and you'll never miss an episode. And as James was saying. Please leave us a comment, a review. Let us know what you want us to review. Let us know what you want us to say more, what you want us yeah. to say less. Literally stop right now. Whatever you're on. If you haven't rated us in a while, just rate us again. Fuck it. We won't tell anyone. And like it this It really shit. does help, guys. Yeah. Really. Um, it, it When you guys were leaving us reviews and comments, it really helped our follows, our likes, our subs. So keep it coming. We really appreciate it. We're not making money off of this, so any free advertisement we can get or free kudos is greatly appreciated. Strictly, strictly a hobby that we like to do. Absolutely. And also, tune in next time, guys. Episode 76, which is going to be on... We're recording in about two more weeks here, so don't worry. So we're going to be recording another James Bond film, so don't worry. It's back. We're going to do Never (laughs) Say Never again. So just to let you know, we're going back full circle. So fuck it. Uh, Just kidding. We're going to actually do uh, Spike Lee's new Netflix sh- movie, actually. It's on Netflix. The Five Bloods. So uh, heard some really good hype on that. And we'll have another 
did an age well segment this time brought to you by Nabil next time so and uh, I won't reveal what that one is yet even though he's told us but I'll keep it a secret so he's trying to scare us again yeah, yeah he's like you guys will love it and he's just dead eyes I was like his dead eyes <laughs> alright guys so until next time this is James and Marco and Nabil have a good one